get to the bottom of what's truly healthy in this crazy, complex world. So you can take back what is rightfully yours. Welcome to the Health Sovereign Podcast. This is your host, Logan Christopher. In this episode, we continue the discussion with Brandon Amalani to talk about electromagnetic frequency pollution and, more importantly, what can be done about it, how we can fight against this. If you missed the previous episode, be sure to go back and check it out to understand what this is doing down at a cellular level, how this is one of many things that is causing all kinds of disease, and why not everyone's talking about it because of the muddying of the scientific waters. But now, importantly, what to do all about it. So, the positive side. What can we do, Brandon? There's a lot of things to do. The most effective overall system is, and, and why I got into importing and distributing and spreading the knowledge about this particular technology, is using a Blue Shield home device and portable device. And this is a technology that's been developed over the last 30 years uh, by a guy named Mark Langdon in New Zealand and his team. There's a couple other engineers that he works with. And what it does is it basically sends signals into the environment that compete with the EMF, meaning like it competes for your, your cellular attention. And to really oversimplify it, what happens is that your body stops perceiving the EMF as a threat because it's sympathetically resonating with the blue shield signals. So all that immune power that your body inherently sends out to attack the EMF, it reallocates that back into the body to where, you know, your body just strengthens, you know, it regulates the systems, it strengthens the biofield, it just makes your body healthier, stronger, and more resilient. And that's the number one thing that I think is most important because it works on protection at the cell level when we're just bathing in this stuff. I mean, you're getting Wi-Fi signals from your neighbors. If you're in a really populated area, that could be several different Wi-Fi signals that are sending chaotic energy to your body and your body doesn't know what to do except for fighting it. With transverse electromagnetic frequency wavelengths, these things lose power over distance. So distance is your friend. Mm -hmm. uh, like you mentioned earlier when we were talking, you know, keeping your cell phone off of your body. This is very, very important because that near field plume that the cell phone emits uh, is probably one of the more dangerous aspects of it besides the, the piggybacked frequencies that are chaotic that really kind of wreak havoc at the cell level in the body. Distance is your friend. That's a huge... Uh, oh, that's, that's something the cell phone manufacturers will tell you. If you read the disclaimers, the, the fine print of the information, they say, do not hold this next to your body. <laughs> like that is there. That, like, you can look this up. Maybe I'll find a, a link to such information. But they tell you that. Just They're kind of covering their own butts on this one. Yeah, and uh, actually one person that brought that piece to light for me was uh, Dr. Deborah Davis. She's been, uh, if you look her up, she's a really good resource of information. She's uh, has some lectures online and uh, she was back in the, I think it was like, what was it? Seventies or eighties. Uh, she was on a committee and she was, you know, paramount in making awareness happen around cigarette smoke. You know, back when science was questioning whether secondhand smoke is bad for you or not, she was basically researching that and responsible for making it to where smoking on an airliner or uh, airplane is illegal. Mm -hmm. So she originally thought, you know, EMF, it's all fine and dandy, like everybody thinks, but then she turned her gaze to it with a more critical eye. And then once she started looking at the research with children in particular, she felt compelled to really go after it and really educate the public on the dangers of um, cell phone use. And she mentioned that if you go to the legal section on your iPhone or things of this nature, and I don't know if that's changed since those lectures, but yeah, she said in the legal section, 
they will tell you not to keep the phone on your body. Yeah, so it's basically three things I do because I use a cell phone, amazing piece of technology, has a lot of uses, and we need to be aware of these things. So one, I never put it in my pocket near the genitals because that's one of the things that's super clear is uh, how it affects sperm counts in men and uh, fertility, which that's a problem we're seeing grow and grow over time. When I do have it in my pocket, I have pants that I often wear that has a lower pocket, or if I'm wearing a jacket, I'll have it in that pocket. So it's a little further away from the body and further away from more vital areas. But even then, I try to not have it on me that much. Or if I'm going extended and don't need to have it on, I'll actually put it in airplane mode for that reason. And I really do try to never have the cell phone up to my head. I'll, almost always when I'm talking on it, I'll use speakerphone instead. So those are some of the things that I do with the cell phone. Yeah, that's a solid practice, especially airplane mode. That's the next thing I was going to mention. You can actually turn off its ability to communicate. I mean, some people have debated that, but more or less, you know, it's not trying to seek out a satellite and or a cell tower and vice versa. So that's a really good strategy. Another strategy I like to use and what I'm moving towards personally with my office in my home is getting wired in versus having a, a Wi-Fi router at all in my house, which I don't know how the family will like it, you know, because they're, <laughs> they're so used to having that instant Wi-Fi access for various things. But that's another direction I'm moving with my personal strategy. Yeah. And something, I do have Wi-Fi in the house, but when we go to sleep, I always turn that off. And in fact, I've just recently gone to the, the power breaker and I haven't done it with the whole house just because I would have to reset clocks every day. And I kind of don't want to do that hassle, but I shut off the power in the bedrooms. So not only is the Wi-Fi off, but there's no the electrical wires that are running there. And you have to understand that most times your house is wired, like there's wires everywhere and this shouldn't be too bad, but often those wires are running right at where your head will be if your bed is aligned with that wall. So if we can minimize that down, like a lot of people go camping, right? And they feel great. Why do they feel so great? One of the reasons, I mean, there's fresh air, there's the forest bathing effect, there's a whole bunch of different things. It's not just a single thing, but often there is a reduction of EMFs around, which is one of the reasons for that. Yeah. And one of the nice things and convenient things about Blue Shield is that just putting this into your environment, your body responds as if there's no EMF in the environment. And you can see that on a pure physical level. We also, uh, one of the interesting things that uh, Mark did early on uh, back in 2000 is they did a one year long chicken farm study where they were actually experimenting with animals because they were getting all this great awesome blood and urine research from people and just anecdotal stuff, how they felt, you know, how, how it's kind of helped them sleep better and, and so on and so forth. But they were like, what's really going on? Or is this placebo or not? So what they did was that they tested on chickens for that year. And then they also did a, um, a cow study where these cows were grazing on fields where they had wind turbines, which was generating a lot of stray voltage and just EMF in general. And uh, what they found in both of those cases that the animals responded positively. In fact, one of the crazy statistics I found just shocking when I was first getting into this and trying to figure out if it was legit or not, was that they would lose on average 60 to 100 chickens per month at this factory farm setup because they're nervous animals, they get aggressive and they kind of peck on each other and they're in close, close proximity. And what they found was in the first couple of weeks that that death toll went down to zero. Like they didn't have any like aggression with the animals. So it kind of harmonized them in the environment they felt better and more relaxed and it, it went up because there's always a homeostasis you know blue shield's 93 percent effective at, at you know protecting you at the cell level from emf because nothing in nature is 100 percent efficient if you're being exposed to something there's going to be some kind of energy loss so to speak but what they found is that that death 
toll never went above 16 to 18 chickens in a particular month. So going from 60 to 100 down to 16 was pretty incredible. And they were measuring things like shell density and quantity of eggs. They were looking at skin conditions, like if they had rashes or this or that. And they found that the chickens were like overall healthier, producing more. The decibel count went down. So it's a very noisy environment and it actually became quieter when they plugged the blue shield in. And we currently have some new research in the UK being conducted at this very moment, along with some more blood research. So we're just pushing the envelope as far as like testing and verifying the stuff. But one of the things that I found was really interesting in uh, getting helping Mark kind of spread the word in the West here in the United States, because nobody really knew about these products. They were out and about in you know Australia and, and Europe and so forth. And I just thought, you know, it, because it's a subtle energy device and it's working at su- with super luminal energy, okay, just take away Blue Shield, take away EMF in general. Like how many people are really sensitive to their body, like really feel what's going on? The body will tell you what's happening if, if somebody is like sensitive enough or can listen to their body. Most people have so much noise in their head that they're not really present to a lot of stuff that's going on. So they don't really feel a whole lot regardless. So I thought there was going to be some kind of percentage of people just returning them because they're just not really sensitive in their own body, even though we've shown with animal research and human research that you know works regardless if you believe in it or not. It's not psychosomatic. But we found that it has less than a 1% return rate over the last few years. And I just thought it was a pretty crazy statistic for any business, but especially for something that's using really advanced um, longitudinal scalar waveforms as the carrier signal to transmit these these frequencies into the environment. Yeah, my personal experience, and I'm a pretty sensitive guy, like I've cultivated this, but I, I didn't wasn't able to detect any noticeable effect once I started using the Blue Shield device. But based on the research you were talking about, I was also kind of amazed just reading the stories of people. So earlier we talked about those hypersensitive individuals. And when you hear stories like a woman that was not able to go into her house, but then she plugs in a Blue Shield and she can go into her house, that's transformative. That's pretty amazing. And yeah, sure, could be a placebo effect, but you see this over and over again, like countless testimonials that you've gotten and share on the, the website there, mm-hmm. that, that begins to become a pool of evidence. And my belief is, okay, so let's say worst case scenario, it's not doing anything, although I believe it is actually doing something. So it's worth doing. And I don't put my faith in it 100%. So I'm still doing all these other steps in addition to using the Blue Shield unit. That way, um, I feel like I'm covering more bases. And as you said, if it's 93 percent effective well let's try to get that other seven percent with these other tactics as well yeah and what they found with that other percentage is that usually it's more of the localized tissue heating so don't sleep with your cell phone on your chest or in your pocket or something (laughs) like that that's the element that it really can't protect against because it's just too close proximity and you get that thermal effect that we were talking about from the phone it's kind of like if you hold your phone up to your head for two and you're talking for like an hour you'll feel your head becomes hot yeah, definitely. So that's what we're talking about. As far as like long-term DNA, I mean, Mark's been using this technology or some form of it, some incarnation of it for 30 years. So it's been pretty profound and he looks great for his age and has high energy. And it's really amazing that something like this exists because he really innovated and this might be a little bit too technical for a lot of people, but he, he just really innovated scalar physics to a large degree. So the way that these this complex algorithm is transmitted to the body is really unique in a lot of respects. Yeah, I feel it's important that principle of doing the best you can do. So I like technologies like this because one, if our technology can be aligned with nature, 
and maybe that's something we can get into a bit more how these frequencies work you discussed that a little bit but even myself like it took me a while to kind of begin to grasp how this is working now it's different so you got this other you got this device in your pocket or in your house that is producing emfs they're just different emfs and that's important because emf is not bad right we discussed this you know we couldn't see, we couldn't be warm if there was no such thing as EMF. We have to understand the kind of native versus non-native. And even with non-native, if we can do it in alignment with nature, one of the like foundational principles that it can be beneficial rather than detract from our health. Yeah. And what's interesting about the scalar energy in particular, it's not electromagnetic. It's not on the electromagnetic spectrum. So there's no radio frequencies, there's no magnetic fields coming off of this thing. It's just pure informational fields, which is, I don't know if we have time in the scope of this interview, but like it's, it's a very, very much related with quantum physics. So it's a quantum device in the sense that you know, the information, the, the frequency algorithm, uh, all the layerments of code are piggybacked onto a multiple waveform that's scalar in nature. So it's, it's subatomic. It moves you know, 1.5 times faster than the speed of light. And it's penetrating through everything. It'll go through a Faraday cage, if you're familiar with the Faraday cage. So it'll go through walls, steel, concrete. You know, there's nothing that can really stop a longitudinal scalar wave. And that's why it makes a perfect carrier signal for what we're trying to do is, as far as transmitting the signal throughout a house and protecting everybody who's in the house. We want the cells to hear it, so to speak. And it's not blocking anything. That's what a lot of people might be a little bit confusing with the name blue shield. It's not actually shielding you from anything. What it's doing is it's using a principle of sympathetic resonance, which I'm sure you're probably familiar with it. If you have two tuning forks uh, that are tuned to each other and you hit one of them in close enough proximity to the other, the other one will start vibrating and ringing without being touched just because it's in close enough proximity and the vibration from the original strike on the other tuning fork affects the other one. That's essentially sympathetic resonance. So what we're doing at the cell level is you can imagine like all of our cells having little antennas or little tuning forks. And what we're doing with Blue Shield is we're sending out a pulse every half minute and that pulse will basically affect those cells in a positive way. And it's no different than dialing in a station on your radio. So you're turning a coil, you're tuning it to a resonant frequency that resonates with a carrier signal, which there's plenty of radio stations out there, right? That radio station comes in clearly and you hear a coherent song. It doesn't mean all the other radio stations aren't bouncing around the airwaves. They most certainly are. But your radio is only tuned into one of those carrier waves playing a very specific song that has a, you know, which is, it's correlates with, or it, it, it's basically like a coherent energy. So what we're doing with Blue Shield is that we're tuning your cells to that specific frequency range and moving it in a natural way to where your body's never stimulated with the same combination of frequencies twice, because that's a problem with a lot of EMF products is that they're repetitive frequencies, even though they're in a quote unquote good range, they still affect your body negatively over time because they're repetitive and they're not moving in a natural way. So Blue Shield doesn't stimulate you in the same way twice with the same frequencies, but there are mathematical codes that represent to the body coherence, like the Fibonacci sequence, the golden ratio, like there's different mathematical multiples that are happening all the time in it that your body perceives as a natural energy source. So essentially you're not blocking anything. What you're doing is you're tuning your body in to where the body stops perceiving the EMF as a threat. And a lot of people, the question we get is like, well, isn't that just tricking your body? You know, like, aren't you just getting your body not to respond to it, but you're still getting the damage. And that's a resounding no, because if there was some threat at the physical level, 
your body would respond to it. It's built to do that. It's not really tricking your body in any way. It's just, I think there's a lot that's not known about the different octaves of reality and uh, electromagnetism and where we're at in time space and how many levels we really exist on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. So there's, there's basically three things in the universe. There's matter, there's energy, and there's information. And we know E equals MC squared, so the energy and matter can be converted, although that's uh, quite a process to do so. We don't really know how to fit this information thing into the others. And that's what we talked about with Perry once again on that DNA, because that is a code. Code is information. So where did that come from? And that whole, we really don't know. So you're saying with this, the scalar waves, it's an informational wave rather than an electromagnetic wave. And yet still that the cells become incoherent with this. They get turned to that frequency, which basically just keeps them dialed into that frequency, which is always changing. So the shield effect, quote unquote, sort of just occurs by the cell itself rather than from this device. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's the interesting component because back when um, there's a Scottish scientist named James Clerk Maxwell back in the mid 1800s, he was the first person to figure out that electricity and magnetism were connected. You can't have one without the other. Prior to that, we thought, you know, electricity was electricity, magnetic fields are magnetic fields. And, you know, when he was working on those equations, he also presented the theoretical possibility of what we know as scalar energy or longitudinal energy. And what's interesting about that, you know, even Heinrich Hertz, which you've heard of Hertz, like frequencies, right? What frequencies are named after. He even worked on Maxwell's theories and you know, they ended up kind of disregarding it because it was too mystical. It's physically unmanifest. I mean, how do you slow down subatomic particles that are moving faster than the speed of light to like really investigate them? It's, it's hard to do with the reductionist scientific method. And um, it wasn't until like Nikola Tesla was like playing with lightning <laughs> that he figured out kind of like accidentally rediscovered the scalar waves because he's playing with really violent, abrupt, direct current charges, you know? So long story short, the evolution of this has is, is gone on and on. And, and what Mark's team has done that's, I thought, really innovative is that he figured out ways to create this using light or what he calls crystal photonics. So you don't need really high voltage. You don't need coils. You don't need a lot of this stuff that's historic. You know, there's lots of ways to create a scalar field. You can use magnetic fields. You can use radio waves. You can use different energies because what you're trying to hit is his net zero. And that's where people, I think, get kind of confused on all of the different names for scalar energy. You know, there's zero point energy, there's tachyon, orgone, radiant energy. Some of the more scientific minds would call it, you know, standing waves or Tesla fields. It's basically the leftover net energy of when you remove all other known energy. So there's not actually a net zero in time space. And what's interesting is that you can take the most powerful microscopes and technology and zoom in on what we know as physical matter. And you can go infinitely deep and figure out that, hey, most of this stuff's empty space because all these things keep dividing and dividing. The closer you zoom in, the more things spread out and you're realizing that there's just a lot of energy and motion as what's happening in, in time space. So all this gets quite a bit technical and really gets into like quantum physics. But what they found out as far as scalar waves is that they don't lose power over distance, which is really nice if you're doing what we're trying to do, which is get the body bathing in a symphony of frequencies that are coherent, that are beneficial for the body. You know, you don't want that to lose power over distance. So it doesn't matter if you're two feet away from a blue shield or 20 feet away from a blue shield, your body will respond to the same level of intensity. So 
I thought it was really mind blowing once I signed the NDA and got to learn more about it and talk with the guys that developed this technology. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, a lot of what they had to do in the very beginning was very grassroots. You know, they put a lot of their money into developing the tech, you know, the animal farm studies, you know, this wasn't done in a peer reviewed medical journal, you know, obviously there's, there's probably wouldn't be allowed. Yeah. And, it's also really, really expensive. I mean, that $30 million study that the FDA did, you know, that was cheap. They had to build systems that were, you know, a hundred grand each for a, a controlled container that could irradiate these, you know, poor animals, these rats, like at the same level, no matter where they went in this, this container to keep a, a constant going. So we're, we're working on new stuff now that's going to be more videotaped and technically written just to kind of prove we doing this stuff and we're keeping up on even 5g and and that's what's interesting another question that we get is is it 5g ready you know because we haven't had a lot of 5g exposure to really test it and based on the theory and based on people that have been a test city for 5g the answer is a resounding yes anything short of ionizing radiation based on the principle the body will always respond to what's beneficial versus you know what's not beneficial. And I think that was really hit home. You know, Bruce Lipton in his book Biology of Belief, he was referencing the studies that they would put human cells in a petri dish. They would take the scientists out of the room because obviously human cells resonate with humans, so thoughts can affect the experiment. So they would videotape it and they would put beneficial nutrients on one side of the petri dish and toxic substances on the other side. And in hundred percent of the time, the cells would always move towards what's beneficial and away from what's toxic, kind of proving a natural cellular intelligence. So the body wants to resonate with nature. We've evolved to like be outside and be exposed to this multitude of frequencies and coherent energy. And that's why forest bathing, like you were saying, is, is really kind of like a nature frequency therapy type thing. If you really break it down, we're, we're kind of evolved to do that. And but we kind of put ourselves in electromagnetic cages. I mean, if you take all the eyewall out of your house, I mean, what's running through the house? It's like all these wires that are surrounding every room in the house and then couple that with self towers. The stuff's just really kind of everywhere. And it's nice to know that we have something that actually works at the cell level to protect us versus trying to do this blocking methodology, which based on the people I've talked with and consulted with, you can't, all points in time and space are connected. So you can't really separate yourself from nature and Faraday cages only get rid of the physical measurable component, but the energetic or the, um, the informational fields that are created when a frequency is generated and transmitted is still very much, you know, very real and affects the cellular physiology. Right. And the Faraday cage is not going to be very convenient or cheap to <laughs> install anywhere. So it's not a really feasible solution anyway. If you believe in that theory that it's actually going to block everything, you're blocking beneficial electromagnetic right. fields. You know, the, the Schumann fields, the magnetic field of the earth. There's a lot of energy that our body needs in nature that we're blocking out with the Faraday cage as well. Right. Something that just kind of connected for me, you're mentioning the, the forest bathing, the benefits of that. And we see this sensory, right? So the complexity, the kind of fractal patterns of, you know, I'm looking at my office window and the tree there and studies showing that just this sensory stimuli of that is beneficial to the human body, to the cells within. So, and that's what different frequencies of light when you're out in nature, you're going to have the wind rustling through the trees, which is sending all kinds of airwaves, which is different frequencies. And then something we haven't talked about, but also important for this EMF protection discussion is earthing, having that physical connection to the earth, which is something you can just go barefoot outside and that this puts you in coherence with the earth where there's electron exchange. And this then also acts to make you kind of shielded from EMF effects to some degree, assuming the ground isn't running negative 
<laughs> electromagnetic pollution, which yeah. unfortunately is the case in some areas. Stray voltage, yeah. Right. So we see that there are all these frequencies in nature, and the blue shield, from what you're saying here, is not replicating, but doing something similar and in alignment with nature, just in how it's pulsing this wave out every half minute or so. Yeah, it's... No, you can't replace nature. I mean, nature's nature. I mean, think about it like going in one of those high-end massage chairs and not feeling really good, but nothing can really place human touch and that intuition. Especially a good masseur. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So getting in the backwoods, it's just we're getting to a point where we're putting 10,000 satellites up and we're trying to get conductivity everywhere on the Mm. planet. So this is a real problem because right now you can go in the backcountry and get away from a lot of stuff um, and feel really, really great. But once you're they're transmitting 5G all over the planet to try and connect the whole planet in that way, we don't know what the ramifications on all the wildlife is. We don't know what the ramifications in general are. So yeah, it's, it's really important to kind of have some, some level of protection. And I agree with you, like stacking the odds in your favor in any way you can by grounding or doing these kind of things is really beneficial. There's not just the electron exchange. I mean, it, it's a brainwave state. It'll put you in alpha brainwave mm-hmm. patterns, which are really healing to the body. Right. Uh, the more research that goes into earthing just showing benefits all across the body because, well, once again, what do we see? Reductions in inflammation and all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that the mitochondria is bacterial in nature and it's evolved over eons to sense changes in the external conditions. So the electrical, light, temperature, your body will regulate itself based on what the mitochondria is kind of experiencing in those ways. So what we find is that the scalar energy is really nice as far as optimizing the millivolt potential of the cell, oxygenating the blood and getting movement and circulation, not just protecting against EMF. So, I mean, if you didn't have problems with EMF or needing protection from it, what's interesting about the algorithm and the, the frequency code is that it's beneficial regardless. It'd probably be a really good longevity tool considering if you didn't have to use it to protect yourself against environmental pollution like EMF. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Probably some of this conversation went over people's heads. I know <laughs> the first time me looking into this, it certainly did mine, but you can listen again. And if you head on over to fightemf.com, that'll take you to the U.S. website for Blue Shield. There's a ton more information there. So if you want to dive into some of the studies, for instance, that we discussed about the dangers of EMF or see more information on how this stuff works, You'll find that over there. And of course, pick up devices. You'll see lots of information regarding them and what kind of device you might want. Once again, I do recommend this stuff. This is something that I personally use. I feel it's one of those steps in this multi-layered look perspective on health that you really do need to deal with EMF pollution in some way. So like I said, I use these devices and that's not all I do. I mentioned some of the other steps I do too. I think that is good practice, some good habits to get into. Brendan, any closing thoughts? Yeah, I just hope um, people kind of take a serious look at um, EMF, the non-native EMF and um, you know, look to kind of protect their, their family and their children and especially the next generations. You know, that's very important what we're finding with children, especially. So yeah, I just hope people take a serious look and have an open mind about it and um, know that there are solutions. I know it, it's easy to get into a really a fear mindset and um, 
yeah, there's definitely things we can do. And, you know, I hope people take a serious look. Yeah. 5G is coming. Some cities have been trying to fight it based on the lack of any sort of safety studies on 5G itself. Yeah. All the dangers we see in this, just this way of amplifying it that they're beginning to do. Once again, do see the benefits in them doing so, but does your refrigerator really need to be connected to the internet? I personally don't think so, <laughs> but that's the direction we're going in. So you, this, this stuff is important today. Like I said, some researchers saying like since back when electricity started being used, it was important back then, but it's only getting more important because of the direction the world is going on. So once again, head on over to fightemf.com. That'll take you over there. There's a lot more you can learn. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. This is scary, but also can be a rewarding subject to dive into, especially when you realize that uh, you can become sovereign here. You can take a few steps that really help protect you against the environment that is today. So thanks for listening. This is the podcastfactory.com.